And welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week we're doing Descendants of the Sun, episodes 5 through 8, and... Oh, man. Yeah. 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 Just, we should have just skipped to the end. All the tears came out in these four episodes. Yeah. Uh, it's the second time this week that a natural disaster has broken my heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Real-life natural disaster is keeping Raquel and I apart. Because there was a typhoon in Japan, so I could not fly home. As soon as I'd hoped, I am going to fly home today. Yay! But, yay! But today's recording day, so we have to record thousands of miles apart, like usual, instead of in the same quiet basement room that we used to record in together. We were really excited to get back to that point, too. Back to the basement whence we came. (laughs) The the basement where this podcast was born. That's all we wanted, to take that step backwards. (laughs) But alas, uh, we are apart. Oh, um, also... Looked up our little fun facts, did the research that I said I would do. So I found out Uruk was a city back in the day, um, an ancient city of Sumer, and later Babylonia. Interesting. So they're drawing from real historical things. Yeah, but it's not around today. So an interesting choice. Not full fantasy, but not modern accuracy either yeah i think that it was a really really cool choice to make to to like base a real a a real quote-unquote real k-drama in a fictional place that's not completely made up fictional historical fiction the best kind of fiction Yes. I shouldn't say that. That's not true at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's another good kind of fiction. A good kind of fiction. Um, I also looked up our ya boy, Albert Schweitzer. <gasps> How did that go? What did you it learn? It was so good. I understand now the constant references. So Albert Schweitzer was a French-German theologian, organist, writer, humanitarian, philosopher, and physician. Whoa. Yeah, so anyone would be a fan. But I think everyone in the show is a fan because he received the 1952 Nobel Peace Prize for his philosophy of reverence for life, which he expresses in a quote, ethics is nothing other than reverence for life. Reverence for life affords me my fundamental principle of morality, namely that good consists in maintaining assisting and enhancing life and to destroy to harm or to hinder life is evil the james brabazon author of the biography about albert schweitzer said reverence for life says that the only thing we are really sure of is that we live and want to go on living this is something that we share with everything else that lives from elephants to blades of grass and of course every human being So we are brothers and sisters to all living things, and owe to all of them the same care and respect that we wish to ourselves. That's that's totally what this show's about. Yeah. That's gotta be what they're constantly referencing. Which is beautiful that they've all studied that. Yeah, that they've all studied that, and then it also is amazing that they've based this show, like, around that theme, like... It's just amazing. That's so well done. And then they incorporated the man himself into it as, like, the hero of all of these doctors who have this reverence for life. Yeah, they did not casually name drop. They're, like, constantly like, this is the guy that our show is about. (laughs) This is the one. 
So I'm glad. What a cool, what a cool K drama thing. Good job, guys. The rest of it, real sad. Please stop messing with me. Yeah, you're breaking my heart. You're breaking my heart. All right, let's jump into it. Let's discuss these these next four episodes. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Yes. <laughs> For real, for real ready. For real, for real ready. Uh, episode five, uh, jumping into how that begins. It begins just after Shijin kisses Mo Young, or Mo. Emily. Or Mo. M calls her Mo, and it's so cute. <laughs> now it. we're going to call her Mo. That's such a cute name for a girl. Anything's a cute name for a person as beautiful as she is. Right. Like, you could honestly call her anything, and I would be like, wow, what a beautiful- she wears it so well. She wears everything so well. What a cute little nickname. Also, she wears everything so well, Raquel. How did she bring so <laughs> many outfits to the middle of freaking nowhere in, like, one duffel bag? Right? All of her outfits are so cute, and- And so different. I'm that guy. I'm that dumb- dumb person that like counts t-shirts and is like girl you did not pack nine shirts for this freaking however long stay i know they were there for a while but she got a lot of clothes for the middle of nowhere like weirdly nice clothes at one point she's wearing like a heavy knitted sweater like a heavy knit sweater <laughs> over top some jorts some jean shorts that are super distressed. So it's like the most confusing outfit. Does it look very nice on her? Hell yes, it does. Is it <laughs> the most confusing outfit in a war zone? Absolutely. <laughs> How did you pick that? Why did you pack that? There's a lot of questions. I can't keep up with her outfits, because at one point, and I know it was like the day they're going home, but what I'm wondering is why high heels were in her bag. Like, why even throw them in there when you're like, I'm going on a freaking rescue mission to the middle of the desert in Uruk? Like, what if there's a nice party there, and I gotta wear my heels? Like, what? (laughs) What are you doing, Mo? Hey, Mo. Mo? Hey, Mo? What are you What's doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you like this? Mm. So, like, fashionable, I'd give her, like, a 10 out of 10. She always looks so darn good. But, but practical, like a mad 10. Yeah. Practical, I'd give her, like, a negative 4. I know that that's, like, <laughs> insane because I shouldn't be going off of the scale. That's super dramatic. I know. I get it, but if you think about it, like, we're already dealing with a lot of, uh, like, we suspend our disbelief when we watch K-dramas. We take a minute and we say, yeah, right, I'll let that, I'll let that pass without being like, I don't think so. Like, the fact that it's based in a fictionalized place we just talked about, we were like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, we'll suspend our disbelief, because they did a really cool historical reference, and it's fictional, and... Like, what a good idea. But I can't with the heels in the war zone. I can't. (laughs) That's where it ends. That's where the fiction ends and the stupidity begins. It just doesn't make any sense. That's fair. I'm going to give her one for practicality because she brought a lot of shorts and a lot of, like, it looks like linen clothes, which are pretty lightweight. Um, that, yeah, there's a couple of sweaters thrown in there, which, why? I've been to the desert. It does not cool down that much at night. Uh-uh, I live in the desert, and it is 108 degrees outside right now, and later, when the sun goes down, it will be 100 degrees. So, not gonna be thrown on your turtlenecks? Yeah. I think not. I wore long sleeves today, and my mom was, she saw me, and she was just like, what are you doing? Do you, do you know what you're wearing? Are you aware? Because it's miserable. (laughs) Why did I do this? I don't know. I did not pack any long sleeves for my trip. 
I'm ready. I packed like two shirts. So for a two week trip, I am not ready. But <laughs> for a two week trip to the desert, I brought all I own. Packed it all up. Packed it all up. Yeah, your whole your five whole tank tops. I do not just own kidding. a single tank top. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that doesn't sound like him to just be like, here are my five tank tops that I own. I would. They're they're back in Utah. Yeah, they're, they're where they here. belong. I guess that's convenient, right? Like you don't have to pack much because a lot of stuff is here. Mm-hmm. Keeping my summer clothes where the summertime lives. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right, let's get back to this K-drama. I forgot all all about it. Yeah, I forgot what we were doing because I'm so interested in you and everything you do. (laughs) Someday we'll be in the same room together and we won't have to get sidetracked with our regular lives because we'll just know everything about each other's lives. Again. As it should be. (laughs) All right, she steals the wine. She steals the he wine. He steals a kiss. What the what? Okay, yeah, he does steal a kiss. It was, like, kind of a sweet moment, which, I don't know. Is stealing kisses a good thing? Not necessarily. I don't think surprise kisses are always the nicest. They are a staple in K-dramas. For real. But this one was cute. I don't know. You can tell they like each other, so I think it's Okay. Not okay to, like, walk into the room and be like, oh, you're going to drink? And him be like, um, I can't anymore. And then at the end of the scene, freaking steal his wine. Yeah. What? That's so mean. You just hurt him. You hurt him. And then you took his wine away. I think you can let him have the wine. I think you can let him have one thing. And if it's not you, he gets the freaking wine. Also, can we think about, like, what he was doing earlier and why he needed the wine? Because he went to his friend's funeral. And she was like, let me interrupt you right now. I don't like what just happened. Also, I'm taking the wine. Goodbye. Goodbye. Like, oh, I love you, Mo, but that was pretty cruel. Yeah, that's cold. Um, In this episode, in episode number five... We find out the villain's name. Argus. His name is Argus, but in my head it's Angus. Same. I read it Angus immediately. Okay, so if we ever call him Angus, that's why. Yeah, you know who we're talking about, but it's Argus. And I. it's kind of funny because Shijin pronounces it Argus. Argus. Mm. And... That was the one thing where I was like, oh, you mean Angus, and then I saw the spelling, and I was like, oh, no, he means Argus. Like, he said it. He said it like he meant it. <laughs> he said it the real way that it's supposed to be said. Um, Argus seems to be one of the only people who speaks English very fluently. And I don't mean that to say, like, obviously... If English is your second language, you're going to have a heavy accent. You're going to have a hard time. And I think it's amazing that you're trying, honey. But there's some people, like Argus's gang, seems like they might speak English as their first language, but they cannot deliver a line to save their lives. No, not with, not with like, the inflection you would expect English speakers to give it, at least. Because the inflection, that is something that kind of launches you out of the atmosphere, right? When the inflection is almost questioning, but it was supposed to be threatening, and you're like, okay, you said it right. You did did fine, I just don't know why you're asking. Maybe I'm just being a terrible person, maybe they're freaking Swedish, and they're like, um, English is also my second language. Maybe they're German. I don't know. Who knows? But I have no clue where they're from. All these Koreans speaking English is, like, so impressive. But then Argus's gang <laughs> of, like, white dudes that cannot hit those lines. I'm like, guys, Argus makes you look so cool, but I feel like he's doing all the work. Maybe that's why he's so angry all the time. <laughs> he's the only one that ever looks cool. <laughs> It's hard to keep your image up when you're the only one who's trying. When you start a gang, you expect there to be a little effort from your (laughs) gang members. There's none of that. Not in this gang, yo. Um, We also get to meet a really, I guess, like, 
officially meet a really, really interesting character who I love with my whole heart. Is it Daniel? It's Daniel. I love Daniel. Did you love Daniel, like, right off the bat, though? Mm-mm, I didn't. I didn't I trust Daniel. I did not Daniel. trust Daniel. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same page. He seemed sketchy as F. Like, the way they presented him, the way they, like, set Daniel's character up, and I still, I'm a little worried that there will be a twist where we're like, oh, okay, goodbye the Daniel we knew and loved. Hello the Daniel we immediately distrusted. But that said, the way they introduced the character, I was looking back at it and I was like, was it intentional that they made him sound really sketchy? I don't know. Because, like, it's when, it's back in, like, the last four episodes that we could have talked about last week, but it didn't seem important. It just seemed like some sketchy guy when in the hardware shop with his wife. Question mark? Uh, yeah, I don't think they're married, but they call her his wife. Yeah. And, uh, she, uh, she's talking about him, and she makes him sound psychotic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She makes him sound like she's his prisoner, and so... Yeah! Yeah, I was super sketched out by him, and then they're like, no, he's like a doctor, and he does all this good work, and then they discuss how he came from a rich family, and that's why he's always in hiding. So it, I don't know, it doesn't all make sense to me, but he doesn't seem as sketchy. We'll see. But I do love him, I love who they've made him for now. That's fair, he seems really nice and funny. Yeah. And I like that all of the female doctors are super in love with him, and it makes the ma- the one older doctor so mad. Doctor Song is so funny. He's the funniest person in this whole show. He nails those humor moments. He's so good. He's got physical comedy. He's got the lines. I don't know how he does it. Brilliant. So good. And he's exactly what we needed. He's the hero that... Maybe we didn't deserve, but we definitely need it through this, uh, these past couple of episodes. Because I love a comedic relief who is also a smart and capable person. I feel like so often the comedic relief is like a stooge. And I think, I think that happens in like Japanese dramas more often, where they're just like, this is just a dumb person who does dumb things. (laughs) I'm like, okay, like... Look at look at your neighbor over there in Korea and see that someone can be funny without being the dumbest person. Yeah, or even have, like, clueless moments, like, moments where they're like, I don't know what's going on, but also yeah. still be useful and intelligent and, like, you don't hate them for ruining everything. Because multiple times, even when I wasn't ready to laugh, I appreciated the laugh that they gave me out of his being like, hey, buck up, everybody, let's go do our jobs. Here's a funny thing. I don't know. I, that was very, yes, I'm bringing the jokes today. <laughs> You're welcome. We learned. We studied Dr. Song, and here's, <laughs> here's our little comedy show in the middle. Nailed it. Nailed it. No, yeah, I, I think he, I totally agree that. He lightens the mood without taking away from what's happening. Raquel, it's so hard to read my notes because it's just, it feels like my notes are like pre-earthquake and post-earthquake. I was just thinking that same thing, like nothing really matters up until the earthquake, but at the same time it does. Uh, My last note for episode five feels kind of poignant because it's about, um... Young and Myungju's relationship, she writes a letter that he finds when he goes back to Korea. I think he finds it. It's pretty much just like the letter she wrote in the event that he was sent back because she knew it could have been a thing. And he does get sent back, so he's reading it, and it's super beautiful. And it made me kind of forgive her for breaking up the, the band, for breaking up the friendship of, uh, of dreams. Because <laughs> I was still so mad. I was. I was having a hard time letting it go, for sure. 
And Let then, me date Young and Shi Jin been a, be a part. Yeah, I was so mad because I was like, where did it get you, Youngju? Where did it even get you? Nowhere. And all you did was break up the best friendship. <laughs> but um, it wasn't broken up for long, honestly, in the grand scheme of things. Spoiler alert, they reunite very quickly. Um, I have no idea how much time is passing in this show. Me neither. It's, like, simultaneously going so fast, and I'm also like, what, has it been a week? Yeah, I can't tell if all the doctors were in a rook for, like, six weeks, or six months, or nine days. They're just like, we're just popping in. Yeah. No idea. No idea. They probably said at some point. But yes, Dae Young and Shijin reunite, and you learn... So much. I think it's in episode five that Dae Young has a conversation with Myungju's dad, and he's like, the reason I have followed your order to break up with her is because I know I'm not good enough for her. <laughs> oh, your boy. <laughs> You're good enough. You're the best man. You're the best You're the man best. there is. And I sometimes hate her, but actually I feel like you guys are a good pair. And you'd probably be good together. They're very sweet together. I enjoy their dynamic when they are allowing themselves to be together. Their dynamic is super sad and admittedly a little frustrating when they're not allowing (laughs) themselves to be together. And I even more appreciate their dynamic when they have to work together. What a cool team. They just, they worry about each other for like a split second and then they're like, you can worry, but you can't stop me. And then they move on. And they're both, they both trust the other to be incredibly capable. Like, they're worried, but they never actually straight up say, please don't do this. They, they look at the other and they're like, I know that asking isn't going to change the fact that you're going to do this, but also, if anyone can do it, you can. Oh, oh that's so beautiful. It's really good. Just, um... Like, really capable couples. Like, really kick-ass couples. Yeah, that's why the main couple is so cool. Like, the leader of each of these teams is is together. Like, what a freaking dream, y'all. Power couple, 2018. Actually, I think this was made (laughs) in, like, 2015, but... I have no idea. Who knows? Okay, last thing for episode 5 was the cliff scene... I said Mo tries to drive off a cliff but fails and Shi Jin shows her how it's done. Yeah. He's like, uh no no, you have to go off the whole cliff. Let's do this for real. Buckle up. That that was such a cool scene. I thought it was worth mentioning. Obviously, a cool, funny, sad, scary, beautiful scene. But it comes up in that cliffhanger of the last episode we watched this week. Yeah. So, worth mentioning up front. Yeah, and then we can we can wrap back around to why that matters so much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the end of episode five is Shi Jin saying, do you want me to apologize for our kiss or confess to you? And Mo being like, well, there's so many episodes left. I don't see how we can start our relationship now. <laughs> so... Let's break it off so that we can get back together later. Yep. So what is this? Rejection two? Three? A million? One million? I don't know. I don't count, because what's the freaking point? Yeah. We just trust. We just trust that everything will be okay, and they'll eventually solve this garbage thing they call their relationship. (laughs) We'll get there. I need to take better notes, because episode six starts on Mo's response, and she's like, I think she says something like, you're great, and you're the best guy ever, but I just need time to think about like whether we can be together. And I feel like they do that a few times. They do a little back and forth where they compliment each other a lot, and I think they're like confessing, but the other person takes it as like a real rejection. Yeah, like a straight-up, like, you didn't just say, give me time, you said, I think you're garbage, never talk to me about this relationship again. 
yeah. stop them, but... It's just very confusing. I could never understand the context clues needed to pick up the Korean language. Same. Because I'd be that. like, cool, cool, cool. You said, like, that I'm really great and that we're dating. And they're like, no. I said you're really great and that I like you. Like, yep. That means we're dating, right? No. No, I said it in Korean, so it's, it means a different thing. Yeah, I, uh, as far as, like, context goes, I've not been set up well by the American culture. I have no ability to interpret context. I just, what yeah. I do is I take everything at face value, and then I lay in bed at night and worry that I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> but that's, what we learn to do is just, like, be super blunt with people. Yeah. And I feel like it turns into passive aggressiveness when we can't be blunt with people. But most of the time, when Americans travel abroad, I think we're seen as a very blunt people. Yeah. And that's because we can't understand these, these darn context clues, this chess game that you all play with your language. We need all communication spoon-fed to us while holding our hand. Is that too much to ask? We're not being rude. We're just being the dumbest. Just, and I think that's the American way. Yeah, the American way is to just, like, be a huge potato. <laughs> so spell it out, please, when you talk to us. Um, so we get to... Uh, we get some insight on some family stuff, which is really nice, because Shijun gets sent home in this episode. He's done his time. And he gets, I think he's just on a break. Yeah, he's got, like, a vacation. And mm. obviously, like, Mo is not happy with him. But also, I was I was a little bit like, you're mad at him for going home uh, after you pretty much were like, we can't do this. And also, you're mad at him for going home, even though, like, you're both going to be back in Korea really soon. Yeah. Was he supposed to be on the same plane with you when you went? I don't know. I don't know. She seems, like, mostly okay with it. I say really mad, but she just is obviously stressed out because she was surprised by it. But... Yeah, I think she's more surprised that he left without saying goodbye. But it's like, mm, you kind of low-key dumped him, so... I feel like it's on you. I don't know. Mo's a little bit too much for me right now. Yeah. She's great. She's still great. I just like her more when she's doing her job than when she's, uh, like, stealing people's wine and hurting their feelings. <laughs> Mo's two sides. <laughs> but yeah, Shijin goes back for his father's... His father is being honored. And okay, so their conversation is really nice. And I like that Shujin is mostly himself. He's not, like, a completely different person when he's in the room with his dad. Like, he makes jokes, and he's respectful, but, like, like still kind of a son about everything. And then they go for family photos, and he's like, you go ahead, I'll bring mom in. And then you're not crying, I'm crying, actually, yeah, I am. And so are you, come to think of it. <laughs> Probably, yeah, all of us were crying at this moment. Because the world's cutest family picture, where these two military men hold the picture of their wife and mother. Who has passed. And Shijin's pure smile in that picture, too. My heart couldn't take it. It's the best picture ever taken. It's the best Good picture. Oh. Well done. Well done. That was beautiful. And then, as expected, Shijin meets up with Sergeant So, who's training new recruits. And this is just a good little comedy scene reunited. that I really enjoyed. They're reunited, and Sergeant So is apparently the drill sergeant from hell. Which and he is likes so to... funny. Yeah, because he's such a nice, nice little pumpkin. <laughs> and apparently he's the meanest one of all. And he always says, if this sucks now, then when you see me later, just give me a little punch in the face. <laughs> just, like, 
just withstand this until that point when you can punch me in the face. What he did not expect was seeing everyone he told that at the same time. In the same bar. <laughs> so he and Shijin run, which is cute. Best friends. Best friends. Um, after they run, after they do their little run, flee from the mobs of soldiers that are trying to punch uh, Dayoung in the face, and they get away, and they start talking about their relationship status, and uh, perhaps one of the best things I've ever heard another person say was, we may be fools, but I think us being a set is creating some synergy. Best translation! You can well. tell whatever you want, translation team that translated this, because from now on, like, you use the word synergy, and I don't know how you translated that from Korean, but I am so with it. That's so good. I watched it on Drama Fever, and they did not have that fun line. So... Points for Vicky on this one. Points for Vicky here. Oh, that's so cute. Um, also, they twin. There's a twin moment. There's a moment where they are wearing the same outfit, and they're playing pool. And that's worth mentioning, because this is, like, the last scenes before the earthquake. So, one more fun thing. They wear the same shirt. The last How of our happiness. That? last of our happiness slowly fades away. I wonder if they thought that that... That moment of happiness could carry us. If any moment of happiness could carry me through that sadness, it would have been that, but it couldn't. Nothing could. Yeah. Because Nothing could. the earthquake hits. Uh, Raquel, this ain't close to home. There's a lot of earthquakes in Japan. This is a real fear. Yeah, I can imagine. that. It, I mean, it spooked me. It spooked me a bit. Um, in Utah, here in Utah, we're preparing for the big one that wipes out the entire state. That, like, literally just creates a crater where Utah used to be. Uh, but we don't get them that often. And so it's, like, one of those peripheral fears. In Japan, I imagine it's a little more at the forefront. Because, like, people tell you you're gonna get an earthquake and then it happens. Yeah. Like, we've actually had earthquakes all the time. But not a giant one. Not yet. Woo! Woo! Uh, so the fear is real. <coughs> no, you're okay. Um, so yeah, half the medical team flies out, and while in midair they watch this earthquake, they decide to return, make sure the other half of the medical team is okay, and stay behind to help any victims. Fortunately, the medical team and the alpha team are all okay, but they quickly find out that the power plant is down, and they need help. Yeah, it collapsed. It just, like, came down on all of those people. And it's crazy, because this is, like, the biggest part of these episodes. And there's, like, so much to talk about with it, but at the same time, it's, like, this, a lot of the same. And I just kept crying. Like, it was, like, yeah. we could talk about every point at which we cried, but mostly it was just, like, there were a lot of sad parts, but also there were just, it was just, like, stressful, somehow inspirational, despite all of just, like, the out-and-out, like, terror and and pain and sadness. I don't know how they did this. The earthquake was so well done. All of it. Like, the recovery, the aftermath, the rescue missions. Yeah. I feel like... We're probably not going to talk about the earthquake too much, because I feel like we can't do it justice. The show did it justice. Yeah. And if you're not watching the show and listening to our podcast, that's kind of weird. But, like, you do you. Do whatever you need to do. Just know that there was a giant earthquake, and I'd say these four episodes are worth watching if you skipped them, because they are beautiful, and I don't know what if there's too much to say about them. Except, like, individual storylines, which I think we can cover a little bit. Yeah. Um, like, I guess my biggest takeaway from the earthquake 
was I actually think they captured the kind of like panic and uh, chaos that ensues after a natural disaster, but they also did a really good job of of dealing with the human emotion that people were experiencing while also dealing with like the fact that these are like capable professionals that go in like first thing off the bat like they go and they say like all right like get your vests on they she lays out mo lays out like a groundwork for like how they're going to handle it and it was a really incredible moment cuz despite all of the human emotions all of these doctors are individual fe- individually feeling they also um the show took some time to sh- like to show these these volunteer doctors that are doing work in a place that like they don't have everything they need and they don't have like all the medicine all the supplies but they're they're out there and they're doing whatever they can to save lives like what choice do they have kind of thing and it's really yeah. incredible how they how they did it all it was really good and i think they they gave both the medical team and the alpha team really time i don't know if i want to say to shine but to show what they're doing out there in these episodes where the alpha team is like we don't it was a big growth moment for shijin and mo because it showed the alpha team being like we don't just shoot people we're also here to save lives that's actually why we shoot people is to save people like these people who need our help. So like, let's go and save some civilian life. And like, everyone's on the same page in that moment. Like everyone's just like, we've got to get in and, and work. Yeah. Save everyone we can. And it's really incredible. It's all so good. It's heartbreaking at so many moments. I think it's like a huge growth moment. Probably the moment, or moments, rather, um, but probably the biggest uh, impact I could see on a character was actually Chi Hoon was having... Yes! I wrote him so much! Yeah! I think that was, like, 90% of the times that I cried were Chi Hoon's scenes. Because he cares so much, but he's also so sheltered. Yeah, Chi Hoon is babyface doctor, and... He's got a lot of money. He became a doctor because he's rich, but also seemingly because he's a good person. He's the one that seems to want to be Albert Schweitzer. And I love that about him. But like you said, very sheltered. And so this is a lot of growth at once for him. And oh man, he had me in tears all the time. All the time. I'm so worried for him because we still don't know fully how it all impacted him because he went through a lot and he actually like came out the other end pretty good for it. And then he went in ready to save more people and he faced like a life or death moment where he was genuinely terrified, like for his own life. And he walked away from a patient essentially. And I actually don't think he made the wrong choice necessarily. I think he made the right choice. Yeah. I think he would have been killed, but I uh it's hard because we know Chi Hoon better. I call the other guy Sleepyhead. I don't remember his name. <laughs> but it's so hard when Sleepyhead like lashes out and is like, You abandoned me. You're like, Homie, um I'm sorry. I'm so glad you made it out alive. I know that you might not have. But it's not his responsibility solely to get you out of there. Yeah. Like, another team was coming, but actually, I'm pretty sure they all had specific directions to, like, like if there's an aftershock, like, like you're no good to anyone dead. You're just another person that we have to save. If you get trapped, hurt, like, killed, you're just another, like, body we have to drag out. Like, don't... Yeah. Don't let yourself be killed for something that you can't help. Yeah. Oh. So there's oh there's a few scenes where Lee Chi Hun has some big growth and it is beautiful and rough. Yeah. I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. I hope he 
doesn't get PTSD and that he can go back to Korea and raise his baby and have a pretty normal life. Yeah, just like as a as a person who knows his privilege. Yeah, and a person who knows what he needs to do in this life, that he's a helper yeah. and he's going to help people. And then Dr. Song tells... Nurse Ha to delete his porn if he dies. Oh, what a good moment. <laughs> Little comic relief, guys. From Dr. Song. And he doesn't even back down from it. I think that's another... Uh, it's something I appreciate about his character as as the comic relief. Is that he doesn't back down from what he says. Like, he's not ashamed of who he is. He knows what he's saying is weird and insane and hilarious and disgusting. <laughs> But at no point is he like, oh, oh, I mean, just kidding. Don't ask. Don't worry about it. He's like, what is on there? You would don't be shocked. Don't look at it. <laughs> don't look. Just delete. You can't unsee it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him. Thought I'd bring up that joke, because I couldn't think of a joke that would get us out of our, our downer spell. <laughs> Good. We'll just use Dr. Song. The way the show uses him, we'll just tell one of his jokes whenever we're, whenever we get too in depth with the sadness. Whenever we're too sad. Uh, there was a, another lovely moment that, in the long term, like as far as plot goes, I don't think it really matters. But it felt so good when they brought the one hundred meals by, just like the people from the local Aww. bar and restaurant. That was really cute. There's just moments like that where I'm like, oh, the show is so good. It's so inspirational it's and pure and stressful, but so good. Like, I think Daniel and his wife also volunteered to help out at the power plant at some point. And you're like, you don't have to do that. You can stay safe in your little house. And they're like, it's okay. We're going to help. Give us your blood. Dr. Daniel. Oh, Kimki Bong, given his actual blood, that made me very nervous. I don't know how blood transfusions work, but I'm like, can you give too much blood doing that? Just, like, sitting there, pumping it out. And he's like, there's other stuff I've got to do. And they're like, sit down. Yeah. And the guy's just, like, I don't know, bleeding everywhere? Does it not? Just, I don't know. They're like, it's fine. It's fine. We'll we won't take outside. too much blood. Oh, that's so cool. Good job, guys. Do you want to cover our main leads? I want to say something. I'm a little mad about it, but I can wait. Okay, I'll, I, for me, it was just a lot of them, like, doing what they do, you know? And, like, it was yeah. emotional. It was obviously very hard on Mo. She was having a hard time. And I actually really appreciated all of the support that... Uh, that Shijin offered her when she needed it. I feel like he... I love all of their interactions, but especially the way he interacts with her kind of warms my heart because he never discredits her. He is never, like... I don't know. He never... He's not patronizing. He is just supportive. Yeah. There's that big scene where they have kind of a catch-22 between two patients, and he's like, you have to make a decision. And she's like, I don't want to make a decision. Will you help me make the decision? And he's like, no. And I think she gets a little grumpy, but I think they they both kind of make amends over that, and she's like, I was just scared. And I like, because I feel like it's a moment where she kind of admits, like, I was scared and I wanted someone to hug me. Not that I wanted you to, like, make a decision. I just wanted someone to comfort me. And he's like, that's what I want to do, but it was not the time nor the place. I needed you to be a doctor. And I feel like they that's kind of a growing thing for them. Yeah. Because they've never had to work together at the same time. Yeah. I also loved where it put her in a position to kind of understand where he's coming from a little bit more 
as far as, like, mm-hmm. he has to choose between people all the time. When he shoots at someone to kill them, it's always to protect other people, but he's taking a life to save another. And she was finally kind of able to stand in his shoes and still say, yes, I believe all life is sacred, but, like, I don't know, his philosophy isn't bad. Like, it's... Yeah. He's doing something and it also saves lives it's just not where she's at and and that i mean i say that and it sounds like it's at the expense of hers i don't i think that as a doctor like i can't imagine what that choice would do to a doctor for a soldier i do think it would almost i don't want to be say be easier but it would be more um up their alley, I guess. Like, they, they yeah. make those types of hard calls all the time, choosing between people, but for a doctor who, like, is just trying to save lives. Like, just trying to save lives. Not, like, make the call, choose who you're saving, but, like, is trying to save lives. I can't imagine what that would do to to their their mindset. Yeah. Where the it seems like soldiers have more of a greater good mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, take one life to save a million but doctors more often have the opportunity to have the Schweitzer uh, reverence for life mentality of like save everyone yeah do no harm save literally all the lives you can yeah so yeah it's this clash they look like different mentalities but they're they're coming together they're not so different yeah beautiful deep Oh, but uh, a couple days later, the one I was mad about is Shijin asks for the list of the medical staff who are leaving and going back to Korea, and he asks Mo if she's on the list, and she says, this is my chance to finally stand you up. Mo, why are you like this? It's pretty darn petty. Why you gotta be a little fire ant? When we're all just trying to get you together. Yeah, like, you want it, we want it. Come on, Mo. I just thought it was, like, super petty. Like, just the most yeah. petty. And like, are we not over that? Sometimes people are petty, and I'm like, yes. And sometimes people are petty, and I'm like, hey, stop. Hey. This is one of those hey moments. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of the lies that she's been really frustrated about she did have been cleared up, or at least kind of have been cleared up, where she's like, oh, this is where you go when you disappear to a freaking war zone to kill people and save people. So to then be like, but I'm still mad. Like, uh, home slice, get over yourself. Like, he didn't, he didn't do it to hurt you. None of this was, like, to hurt you, and I know you got hurt anyway, but... You're being really mean. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> but that's okay. They have a cute moment later. But before that, there's, like, one more funny line. Do you have any more regular things to talk about? Uh, not really. I, like, and I don't even want to spend that much time on it, other than the fact that I honestly wanted someone to shoot that one manager guy in the face. Like, <gasps> I know right? that that's really violent and, like, murderous of me, and I'm not typically the person that's, like... No, I actually am typically the person that's, like, just kill him. But usually yeah. it's, like, a funny joke. This time I was, like, ready for him it's to die. It's a war zone. I don't think anyone would notice if you just, like, pushed him into the <laughs> mine shaft. And, like, oh, he fell to his death. Oh, darn. It was an accident. He was here and... Yeah, I wrote, he finally got punched in all caps and a lot of underlines. That's all he got. I mean, I assume Day Young is a strong puncher, but, but still. it's a small price to pay. They should have let him keep punching, I think. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. I mean, you punch him once, you punch him a thousand times, am I right? That's the old saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're strong as day young. It probably feels like a thousand punches. He's one punch man. I don't know. I assume he'll die from 
Argus being grumpy with him, so... Yeah. We'll see how that goes. I'm ready for it. He'll probably stick around because he's annoying to us. Yeah. But... Ugh. How inconvenient. Ugh. Um... The funny line that I wrote down that was near the very end of the episode was when two of the nurses, Nurse Ha and Pretty Young Nurse, as I call her in my notes, are talking to Daniel, or they're like walking up to Daniel, and Nurse Ha says, Daniel's existence itself is a blessing, but he's also good at fixing things. (laughs) Aww. Why is it... Why is it so funny for women to objectify men like that? It shouldn't be, but it is. Because there's not a dark history of it. There's not malice behind it. Yeah, it's not great, but there's not like a dark history of like a whole... Every woman in history using objectification to control men, so... That's fair. So... It's very funny. I thought that line was super funny. I uh, oh. I loved that entire scene and Dr. Song running in and being like, we need to keep men and women separated. I think it's time <laughs> to reinstate that. <laughs> Let's separate you guys. Get out of here. Get out. Daniel, you beautiful sculpture. Move. Gotta go. I love it. And then the final scene, which is... Cringy funny, but also adorable. Um, I died. It's like a social <laughs> nightmare. It's so it did, bad. I, I just wish it had been stopped somehow. Not, I don't know, I thought they would like turn off the speaker system and let the message play just on the phone so that only Daniel and Shijin would hear it. But they are the smallest humans. And let Mo's dying message, when she was terrified that she would never see another day, play over the freaking loudspeakers. I was so mad. You middle school punks. Yeah. You freaking punks. Like, am I glad her feelings are out in the open? Of course I am. Do I think yeah. it's more up to her that she gets to share those feelings? Yes. Yes, I do. It'd be nice. But then It'd the fact nice. that they're shared over an intercom is just, like, it's a lot. It's so, I just... It's worse than you could have ever imagined. If it were me, I'd just turn around and, like, walk back to the construction site and just, you know, like, maybe maybe dislocate some rubble and just let it end. <laughs> just fall in that mine shaft yep, with the manager. Go. She'd be like, that seems like a good place for me to go. I don't know. But then she runs up to the freaking box that they're sitting in, and it freeze frames on Shijin's little, like, tiny, tiny smile. Tiny, tiny baby smirk. And I'm like, oh, worth it. It's all worth it. Your whole embarrassment that you got his little smile. I feel like she knows that was worth it. Yeah, it's a pretty good reward. Adorable. His happiness is pretty darn cute, so... So, sorry about your lifelong embarrassment. (laughs) But it feels like you're official now, so that's cool. Congratulations! He knows your feelings. Yeah, and everyone knows your feelings, so it'll just be, like, really annoying and uncomfortable for the whole camp if you guys are like, we're not together, nobody make this weird. Like, uh, just be together, yo. Yeah. I think we're all ready for it, and we all know now, so... Yeah, nobody cares. Just don't, like, have any funny business in this little camp, but... You won't, because you're Korean. Your funny business is probably, like, holding hands. Yeah. It's gonna be pretty innocent. It's gonna be pretty wholesome. I I feel like I might be too judgmental, like... Koreans would never have sex before marriage. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're people too. It depends on the K-drama, nope. really. That's right. They're characters in a K-drama, guys. They're not real Koreans. <laughs> They're like dolls. They're like paper dolls. 
They exist for my enjoyment. And they do not have any funny business. <laughs> Why is that the worst thing to me? Don't do it, guys. It's a war zone. There's a lot of people, and these tents are very thin. Emily's very patriotic. <laughs> She's like, no. Not no. while you're serving our country. <laughs> the only person you love is your country. Your country. Who's Uncle Sam for Korea? Uncle Kim. Ju Cheng Wuk. Uncle G. <laughs> doing this right now, Raquel. He's living this show right as we speak. I'm sure it is just like this. If he comes you know back in love with a doctor, I'm going to be <laughs> thrilled. I will not, but I'll <laughs> like, get there. Like, his happiness <laughs> is... Not with that doctor, she's nothing. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> she probably doesn't exist. So. Yeah. She'd have to be the freaking number one doctor in Seoul's number one hospital. It's a high bar to hit. I just don't see how it's possible. I want Ji Ching Wook to be happy, but only at the highest standards. Because <laughs> he deserves it. He deserves it. Why? We're going to end every podcast by talking about Ji Cheng Wook from now on. <laughs> till we interview him in our 100th episode. Remember to tell all of your friends that know Ji Cheng Wook about how uh, we're going to interview him for our 100th episode. So start practicing his English because we are not going to learn Korean. <laughs> no. I've tried. I've been trying for a year. And by trying for a year, I mean I downloaded an app I used for three months. <laughs> if he's on the alpha team, he probably speaks English already. Yeah. That seems to be a requirement. And we know once he entered the military, he got put on the alpha team. Like, he has every skill necessary. So, obviously. Obviously. All right. So thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. If you don't want to watch the next four episodes, just come back and listen to our podcast and we'll tell you how much you're supposed to cry. Yep. And uh, we'll give you some exact measurements in liters. <laughs> Cry literally How liters. Tears? How many tears you are supposed to spill over the next four episodes? Um, um sorry. Jinx. <laughs> you can find our next episode at iTunes. We are on iTunes under the podcast Play on K, where you can leave a review, you can subscribe, you can rate us, and we'd love if you would do that for us. Please. Gentle. Please. Gentle, please. Be kind. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have an email. It's a great email. You can catch us there for any discussion you want to have about the episodes. We love to talk about K-dramas, especially this one. This one's so good. It's our email is playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Just let us know. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Let us know what you think of the K drama. Let us know what you think of Chi Cheng Wook and where he's at <laughs> in his military career. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> you can find all of our past episodes archived on playonk.com, and there you can leave comments on individual episodes as well as find out. All the K-dramas that we've ever reviewed. And you can sign up for our newsletter there. And we try to tell you what is happening. I'm very bad at keeping M updated. And is in charge of the emails. So. Sorry, I've never sent an email. That's the best kind of newsletter, though, is one that never comes. Yeah. Right? Am Evan I right? That I get enough from all of the stores I've accidentally given my email to. Exactly. Um, also, we've got Twitter. Yeah, catch us on Twitter at PlayOnK. Yeah. Tweet at us nice things about how much you love our podcast. And then do hashtag <laughs> PlayOnK. We're going to see if that ever catches on. Yeah, we'll just we'll spread that around. Hashtag PlayOnK. And just let us know if you're listening, even. Just be like, hey, I listened. Hashtag PlayOnK. And if you follow us, go follow James Hevel, a very talented musician who did our theme song for us. Yay! Thanks, James. 
I don't know if he actually has a Twitter, but... I'm pretty sure if, he does. It's 2018. He probably does. Yeah, Thank think, you, as always, James. I think Emily and I are the last people on Earth that... Well, I think we both have Twitters. I just don't use mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, I think that's everything. I will catch you next week, and so will Emily. <laughs> Bye. Nice. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.